1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to We at Acme. It is December 15th, a Thursday. I say this every time, so it feels like we just spoke. But luckily, I get to talk to you again because this is a bonus episode and one that I've been very, very excited about for a while. I've been gathering research, all the things, And basically what stemmed this episode, what made it come to be, was I was at dinner with friends a few weeks ago and we were talking about, you know, our husbands and whatever. And one of my friends said, you got lucky because you waited. Like everyone was like complaining or whatever. She said, you got lucky because you waited. And it really sank in for a second. I was like, wait a second. She's right. I didn't rush to find someone when I was too young to really know myself. I truly truly waited for the right person, which is why I I guess you could say got lucky or it just means like I held out, you know, because I knew that the best things come to those who wait. So, for some context, I met Stephen. Well, remet since we had kind of known each other when I was twenty nine. Which you know, if you're twenty three, you're like, "Oh my god, that's old. I'm scared." And if you're in your thirties, you're like, "That's actually still pretty young." And the truth is, it's it's neither. It's like a neutral age, right? But it is an age where I knew myself a little bit more. It is an age where most of my partners, most of my friends were partnered off. And, you know, we didn't get married until I was 31. And again, like that's still young for a lot of people, but for some people it's not. And for some people it's on the older side. And I guess if you're listening to this, whatever age you are, the point is that you could meet someone really at any age, but If you end up, if you wait and you truly get to know yourself and you know what works and doesn't work and you're not just like with whoever's next to you in front of you, whatever it is, and you explore what else is out there, then you could end up really, really happy and what may seem like the happiest out of your friends. So that isn't to say that I am. That isn't to say that everything is perfect all the time because it's not. But that is to say that the best relationships come to those who wait. So I'm really excited for you to hear some of these stories. I'm going to read some of them and also have a recording of one of them. I just like I'm already emotional seeing all these stories and, you know, I read them already. But reading them back to you is just such an incredible thing because I just feel like I needed this episode. When I broke up with my ex at 29, I really needed something like this to listen to and to reignite my hope for really what I wanted to be like a fairy tale relationship. And every podcast and every expert and whatever tells you there's no such thing as a fairy tale. Sure, fine. But, you know, there is such thing as a really Perf- a par- partner that is perfect for you and that is so special and not a partner that you feel like you're just like oh well i'm this age and i think what resonates with all these stories is that they have the best person that and the highest level of love that they could have ever found instead of you know something mundane okay this person's story begins I'm 36, and this year met my forever person, who is 43. I was in a long-term relationship in my 20s in New York City, and it ended when I was 31. I dated a guy who was 35 for two years who I was so in love with, but after that long, he still wouldn't say we were official. I decided to move to Denver, and he secretly left me a six-page front and back love letter in my bag, essentially saying he will never find another and he's been in love with me the whole time. I struggled for two years to get over him after he met someone three months after I moved and immediately made her and him official. I've dated all kinds of guys, tried to stay open-minded, and have had more horror stories than I care to share. I've been told to lower my standards, stop being so picky, and that I wouldn't find the type of guy I was looking for. May of 2022, I matched with Rich on Hinge. Immediately, it was banter and sweet flirting, but our travel schedules didn't enable us to meet until June 11th. He picked a place. We made a plan and an old friend last minute flew in from town for work and only had the 11th to meet up. I gave Rich three options. We could reschedule. I could come, but only for one drink, or my friend could join us. He picked door number three. We had the best night. We laughed, shared stories, had a fabulous dinner, and he, of course, picked up the entire tab for all of us. From there, it was easy. He was affectionate, intentional, and direct with his words and actions. He opened up quickly and made me feel secure, wanted, and I never questioned his intent. He ticks every box, and I have never been treated so well by another person. He shows me every single day that he respects me, loves me, and no matter what, has my back. It was worth the wait, and it's obvious having now met him why no one else worked out. I either wasn't ready for this level of love Or if I had chosen anyone else, I never would have realized just how pure and unending it could be. Oh, my God. Full body chills. That was unbelievable. Wow. I mean, that's just a gorgeous story. And she wrote that so well. All right. Moving on to the next story. Hi, you've been kind enough to answer a lot of my DMs over the years. I think I filled you in once upon a time that I got dumped at 28 and ended up in a three day psych hold because I was so obsessed and having a getting older and being single crisis. A year later, after lots of therapy, I met my now fiance and I can look back on the last guy who broke my heart as a completely toxic fuck boy who never had any intention of getting serious with me, whereas I was all in. My fiance is amazing. So kind, so smart and makes me feel so loved and secure, but he's also the complete opposite of what I ever thought my type was. He doesn't really like TV. He reads a lot. He's very outdoorsy, a bit nerdy in a way that I find totally lovable, all the complete opposite from me, but it works and doesn't fit what I thought was my physical type at all. I wish I could tell 28 year old me who was so hopeless, distraught, and thought I'd never find anyone to do the work on myself and broaden my horizons, that it would all be okay. I hope this was a helpful anecdote. It definitely was. That was awesome. And just like a breeze of fresh air. If you fluctuate like I do, it's really hard to find a bra that actually fits every size that you are especially when you're fluctuating. Like my bra size goes up and down based on my weight all the time. And I just need a great bra. So every time it changes, I'm able to go on Bare Necessities website and use their bra finder fit quiz and find my fit once again, which is so amazing. If you haven't heard of Bare Necessities, it is one of the biggest online intimate apparel retailers, offering over 140 of the best brands all in one place. They put fit and comfort above all else, so they're also all about size inclusivity. They have band sizes from 28 to 58, cup sizes from AA to O, They've got extra small to 5XL and it's really amazing. But finding the right bra is not always intuitive. So you have to take their bra finder fit quiz that points you in the right direction in just a few clicks. Bare Necessities also has a team of bra fit experts available on hand to help you find the perfect bra. Check it out. They've been getting feedback for over 20 years, and they know what their customers love, hate, and need for their bras and lingerie. That's why they started their brand, Bear by Bear Necessities. Right now, you can get 20% off of your Bear Necessities order when you go to bearnecessities.com slash ACME20 and use the code ACME20. That's code ACME20 at bearnecessities.com slash ACME20 to get 20% off. B A R E N E C E S S I T I E S dot com slash acme 20 and use code acme 20. Some exclusions apply. Okay, this is a longer one and emotional. After ending a very toxic relationship of five years at the age of 32, I had to completely start over. Dating in your 30s is quite different than dating in your 20s. Most of my friends were married, having children. My social circle was smaller, and I didn't find joy in going to clubs or bars. I don't drink. I also went back to college full time and was working part time. The only thing that seemed doable was online dating and where to even begin with online dating. That is a different story. So, 32, single, back in college and living with my mom, bring it on online dating. And for four years, I dated. I first dated someone I reconnected with from a past job, which lasted two months. I then dated three guys from Hinge, Bumble, and they all lasted less than six months. Then the pandemic hit. During this time of absolutely zero dating for a year at the age of 35, I, began, I became comfortable with the idea that maybe marriage and kids were not in my future. Everyone's path is different, and I no longer felt I needed to uphold the societal pressure. I froze my eggs and was finally at peace with the fact that I might be alone. I knew my worth and I refused to settle. One great benefit about dating in your mid thirties is knowing exactly what you want and what you are looking for in a partner. April, 2021 came and out of the blue, I got a lengthy DM with a friend I grew up with at summer camp, Ryan. I guess you meant from a friend. We first met in 1993 when we were in third grade and grew up going To family camp the same week, every summer until we were 16. We had the best group of friends at camp, some of the absolute best memories. And while I always thought that he was this incredibly friendly, super attractive athlete, I thought he was completely out of my league. However, this friendship stayed in touch throughout, throughout the last two years of high school and college, where we would email one another, updating each other with life events. It continued post-college to now, to now with the help of social media liking one another's posts and sending a quick DM. Hi. When I went through my bad breakup in 2017, 2018, he was there suggesting self-help books, attachment style books, and anything to help me through that grieving process. While our conversations were never lengthy or consistent, we always seemed to stay connected somehow. So in April, 2021, when I got this lengthy DM, I thought he was just seeking the same advice he once gave me since he was going through a bad breakup and wanted to learn from my experience. These lengthy conversations lasted weeks where my mom and sister told me he seemed interested, but I shook it off that we were just friends. I secretly didn't want to get my hopes up. End of May, we had our first FaceTime call that lasted over three hours. He lives in LA and I'm in the Bay Area. For the first hour, I couldn't speak because I was so taken aback and flustered. Then led to our first in-person date that lasted an entire weekend. This was the beginning of the best relationship I could ever ask for. Ryan is respectful, patient, kind, nurturing, emotionally intelligent, and mature, handsome, funny, health conscious, and so much more. We are just celebrating our year and a half. He is moving in and we are talking about engagement. I honestly did not think at the age of 37 that I would find my person. If I could do my dating history all over, the toxic relationship, the terrible online dating to reconnect with Ryan, I would in a heartbeat. He is home to me. Oh my God. That one is really beautiful. I'm like very overcome with emotions. She also sent a picture of the two of them when they were like babies and a picture of the two of them now. And it is so fucking cute. I have to share it with you guys somehow. That was amazing. And I think that just goes to show like a lot of the time this person is already in our lives. I really do believe that. It's like this crazy thing. Like this person, you probably have come across at some point and that's so amazing. Okay. Oh, I'm reading another one. These are also so amazing because some of them sent photos. These people sent photos and they're just like the most gorgeous couple ever. Hi, a friend sent me your story. In 2020, I met the person that I plan to spend the rest of my life with. I was turning 34 and we met completely random on a chance encounter. I had just gotten out of a long relationship that ended pretty terribly. It was the middle of the pandemic. A friend convinced me to come with her and drive up to the Hamptons for a weekend to celebrate my birthday. We got to the hotel that we booked. It was still closed because of the pandemic. And there was one man who was in charge of taking care of the hotel. And he felt so bad that he let us stay anyway. He also, how did they book it? Whatever. He also took us out for drinks that evening. And I met Frank that night who was also in the Hamptons celebrating his birthday. I was leaving the next day. So we kept in touch through FaceTime, emailing, and sending letters and gifts back and forth to each other. When we decided to meet up again, we wanted to go somewhere completely new, so we flew to Nantucket and spent the weekend together. High risk, high reward. All of my friends thought I was crazy and that he would end up being some psychopath. We had the best time together, really clicked, and have been together since that time. We dated long distance until now, have a little dog together, and we are very happy. I'm a little biased, but I think it's a great story. That's an amazing story. I love that so much. And you guys are beautiful, and your dog is adorable, and I love it. Okay, another one. I met my boyfriend on Hinge in New York City. After a few months of coordinating to see each other, busy holiday season for him, and I had an Airbnb in Miami for January and took a break from Hinge until I returned, I fired up a few chats upon returning. After ignoring the other responses and continuing to banter back and forth all day, one day, I gave him my number and added him on social media, then deleted the app. I didn't miss it the whole month I was off hinge in January and actually found it stressful coming back to. I also rarely add a match on Instagram until a few dates in, if that, but something felt different this time. We met within a week and have been inseparable ever since. He was 31 and I turned 31 a month later. About a month later after that, we said, I love you, admitting we both wanted to say it two weeks prior. We moved in at the end of July, engaged early August, and we're getting married September 2023. I've never experienced a love like this. I hope all the people out there looking for love, trust their gut and make a manifestation list. Also, if somebody wants to see you and make time for you, they truly will. It's so true. If he wanted to, he would. Okay. Next story. Under the condition of anonymity, if my story can help inspire or keep the faith that 20, 30 something year old who was crying to sleep every night for being chronically single as I often was, well, if I can help that person, then that's great. Here's my story. My name is Brooke. I am 30 years old and I live on the Upper East Side. I was intensely dating from 23 to 30 years old, likely having gone on over 300 first dates cried over a dozen or so men. I actually counted for, for one year from 2021 to 2022. And I went out with 45 different people. My boyfriend was number 45. I met him a little over two months after my 30th birthday. And it's the nicest, most respectful, caring and fun relationship. We've been dating for eight months now, and we're already talking about all the little things. I went to tons of weddings alone, was a bridesmaid like 10 times And people would always be sad for me and always wonder why it never worked for me and if I'd actually ever meet someone, especially with how hard I tried. When my college friends met him, they clapped as he approached the dinner table. My boyfriend was worth the wait. If I can be inspiring to anyone else struggling out there, then let me know how I can help. The best advice I have is that it is a numbers game and to just keep going. Even if you only have one to 2% of faith and hope left in you after being knocked down over and over again... Well, keep that hope. That hope will find you the love of your life, and that's a guarantee. And there's a picture of them. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. (sighs) Okay, I'm overcome with all the good emotions. This This is like a serotonin overdose. Okay. Hi, Lindsay. I saw your story, and I wanted to share my story with you. I'm currently 35, recently married, and met my now husband at around 30. Until then, I never had a real boyfriend. I had a few situationships and also obsessed over every interaction with a guy, but ultimately never went anywhere. Long story short, I was very single for my entire 20s. It was something that I was always very insecure about. I am a runner and part of a running team. I met my now husband at a practice. I pretty immediately had feelings for him and thought he felt the same way. We continued to get to know each other through the running team and by hanging out outside of runs. We spent a lot of time together and eventually I decided to ask him out. He had just gotten out of an almost five-year relationship and told me he wanted to stick to being friends for now. Although I was hurt and a little embarrassed, I knew I had to move on. Throughout the months, I made it a point to to not be the one to initiate hangouts. I tried to date other people a little, was unsuccessful at finding anyone that I connected with. And spent time with him as friends after a year had gone by and our friendship grew stronger. We were out together one night and he made a move hand on back. And then we kissed. (sighs) chills. We decided to try dating. He told me he was worried because he didn't want to lose me as a friend. As soon as he was in, it just worked. There were no games and it was truly the first time I was in something real. The funny thing was I did imagine what it would be like if we dated while we were friends and it turned out even better than I had ever thought about 2.5 years of dating. He proposed and then we got married a year after that. Not sure if this story is too long, but I know the feeling of being 29 or 30 and single and not knowing if I'd find my person. I wish I wasn't so hard on myself during that time. I love that so much. That's amazing. And that's why I always say like, if there's something that you love to do, do it and join the team of doing it and join the group and join the event of doing it because that's so amazing. She was doing the thing that she loves running and she met the love of her life who also loves running. I'm loving all of these stories about all of these magical non-toxic relationships. And speaking of non-toxic, if you haven't heard of Caraway, Caraway has the best non toxic kitchenware at the best prices. I am obsessed with their pots and pants, mostly because the green that they use is like my favorite shade of green ever. And Caraway has extended their holiday event so that you can get their stuff at the best possible price and that you can save up to 20% on all Caraway products, including their internet famous non toxic cookware set. For the first time ever, you can now save on Caraway's food storage, tea kettle, and mini cookware. But this exclusive deal will not last long. You have to make sure to shop your favorite colors and products while you still can. It's time to ditch the chemicals with Caraway Home's non-toxic kitchenware collections so that you can make healthier cooking a piece of cake. Plus, they are so easy to clean, it is insane. And all sets come equipped with easy access storage solutions so that no stacking is required. Gone are the days of misplacing your lids, which I bet you also can't find because I literally never know where the lid is to my pot, except for my caraway stuff. You can visit carawayhome.com to take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% off of your next purchase of non toxic kitchenware. This deal will not last long, so visit carawayhome.com to shop all of their incredible products for up to 20% off this holiday season. Caraway, also great for a gift for Christmas or the holidays. This is quite the long story, but I have a feeling that it's going to be a good one. Dear We Met at Acme, as soon as I saw your post requesting stories for those of us who met their person after ages 29 or 30, I immediately knew I wanted to share my own. I cannot recall when I first stumbled upon We Met at Acme, but I'm pretty sure it was either late 2017 or early 2018. I was unknowingly at the tail end of five years of hardcore dating. Obviously, like a moth to a flame, I was drawn into the We Met at Acme podcast by the time I found it. I'm pretty sure I'd been on hundreds of dates and wanted to know why none had worked out up until that point. I was the girl in my friend group who some would come to say really committed to putting herself out there via the dating apps. Cringeworthy or not, I had faith and at times blindly, so that the next guy could be it. Getting to that point, however, was like my own personal dark night of the soul. I had read a book, What I Was Doing While You Were Breeding, by Kristen Newman, and she raised a particularly poignant observation that tugged at my heart. She discusses dating in your 30s and later, that you reach a point where you look around and see a lot of your options of this desired sex or gender are the ones who have real issues and thus haven't found anyone, or are recently divorced or separated. There's this magical and scary middle wherein the good ones are literally taken. So you're left with a group of eligible bachelors that either have all the red flags or they're part of the divorced and separated crowd. If you happen to run into the latter, they were the ones who realized they committed too early and have since decided to start fresh and re enter the dating world. It was those recently single ones, the ones that had been hidden away in long-term committed relationships, who were the diamonds in the rough. Where was my diamond? Naturally, I thought I had to hunt and scavenge some more through the depths of San Francisco's male delegation. I also, of course, thought reflexively about Newman's theory and considered where I fit into this entire dynamic. Surely I wasn't part of those with issues, but I also had never been married. So where did that leave me? Why was I still single? Damned I'd be if I was going to accept anything less than what I believed I brought to the table. I had seen and been party to a lot of bad dates, absurd actions, immense ghosting, orbiting, and all manner of planetary misalignment. But the reality was that I had never had a serious boyfriend up till that point. A number of reasons played into it. Partly due to extreme career mindedness and partly due to my own blind spots, all of which I would eventually work through with my amazing therapist. By mid-2018, I was 32 and a solid year into therapy, which was the best investment I could have ever made for myself. I took a scientific approach to my dating experiences and how I was showing up. We met at Acme became require listening for an array of romantic theories, teachings, and experiences. I dove into every insecurity, question, nagging feeling, weird obsession, and worry I had, exploring them through the We Met at Acme podcast, Books on intimacy, attachment, and naturally with my therapist as a personal guide. Ultimately, I worked through a lot of generational trauma and related dating trauma. I truly believed that I had developed a mild form of CPTSD from all the dating I had done while enmeshed in my own trauma from years of incessant pursuit of career success and perfectionism in everything that I did. Cut to May 2018. I was Fresh off partially losing myself in a manipulative narcissist trust funder who took pleasure in nagging me, but also treated me to joy rides on his sailboat and inviting me to intimate family events, all of which I played into his dysfunction and inability to truly commit. The juice was not worth the squeeze and I quit the pursuit of yet another dead end. Around this time, I went from one toxic dynamic to another when I was pursued by a guy I would later come to find was engaged to be married that August. I found this out one day when I gave into a gut instinct to Google his name. i had been trying so hard not to read into anything to not Google him and get wrapped up into who his public persona and social media accounts made him out to be. But I had a weird feeling. And so I Googled and thank God I did because the first search result was a Zola website showing a happy and loved up shot of him with a beautiful blonde girl and their wedding date, which was coming up in four months. What? I immediately rushed out of my office to get fresh air. I nearly hyperventilated On one of San Francisco's many piers with seagulls swarming and hair akimbo in SF's perpetual coastal breeze. I spoke in choked disbelief to my friend about what I had just encountered. To me, this was the last straw. I was done. Armed with Inward by Young Pueblo, attached by Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel Heller and We Met at Acme, I quit all the apps. I quit Snapchat. I just stopped showing up for them. The audience of men that I thought I wanted to court. It wasn't them that I needed to court. It was me. I needed to focus on myself and for the sake of self-love. And at that point, I also needed to hold on to the last scrap of logic that existed. Surely this couldn't be the baseline of how we relate to one another. I think it's easy for people to quit dating and miss the point of reflection. I wasn't done with dating in a formal sense, but I was done with the pursuit of male attention for the sake of getting attention. The mindset came with an exception that I would be seen and the person seeing me would think something and maybe want to know me and date me. The biggest moment that signaled this shift in thinking was when I was when Lindsay, that's me interviewed the rabbi Manus Friedman. I remember the day I listened to the episode. I was walking along ocean beach in San Francisco, and it was late afternoon, just before sunset. As you and the rabbi, discussed how couples relate to one another, I kept thinking, this is it. This is how I've been misunderstanding my exceptions, expectations of guys I'm dating and potential partners. It was the key that unlocked everything for me, but most likely it was a thread that tied together all of the episodes of We Met at Acme, all of my therapy sessions, all of my bad dates, all of my hopes, and all of the books and on relationships I had amassed. Finally, I saw the value of another in relation to myself. It wasn't that I needed the affection of another, but that their presence was so valuable in and of itself that without them, while my life would be fine and I can carry on, not having their presence would mean my life is less rich. Their inclusion is positive, but because they are so valuable for being themselves, not for giving me something or fulfilling a need. Suddenly I realized going to a bar or anywhere for that matter meant that I would go for myself and I wouldn't go to maybe run into a guy or maybe catch someone's attention. I would go for me and I would wear anything, really anything. And none of it would be predicated on another's potential judgment or attention, positive or negative. As soon as I made this change, a month had gone by and I was having a solo drink at a bar in Hayes Valley. My girlfriend had to leave for dinner and I happily stayed back to finish the drink I had ordered. Enjoying an unseasonably warm evening for a June night in SF, I savored the alone time at an empty table at an otherwise packed bar. Soon I was approached by a guy and his friends. He wondered if they could share my table. I didn't see a reason why not. So as I gathered around, I made small talk with him. We broached the subject of weekend plans and I mentioned that I surfed to which he promptly said, you should talk to my friend, Joey. He's a huge surfer and signaled to a guy seated directly in front of me who I'd been completely oblivious to. I turned to look at this guy named Joey and we soon broke out into animated banter about surfboard design, local beach breaks, and what we thought about the latest WSL champ. What ensued was a bar crawl where we ran into one of his coworkers who was one of my more recent disasters. There's like a note to this guy had invited me on a third date, a romantic wine and beach sunset during which he confessed his love, torn heart over a woman. He couldn't get over for 10 years prior. And he wanted to know my thoughts on confessing his love for Um, oh my God, that's hilarious. Okay. Back to Joey. As the night continued, Joey and I could not stop talking. Eventually we had to call it a night and find our way home. We realized Mooney. I don't know what that is. Maybe a SF thing was closed and we debated whether to Uber or Lyft, which was when Joey admitted that I'd have to order my own Uber because he was married, but getting a divorce. So, you know, he was separated at that moment. I could have laughed, which I did. And I could have walked away, but instead I just nodded and thought, well, here we are. He was a guy I was really intrigued by. And I had the weirdest feeling that this was it. Not in a big eye way, in a little eye way. My gut just knew he was my person. We Ubered home and that was it. The next morning I woke up, sent a photo of my window shades and something to the effect of no more martinis, please. After two hours later, I received a very thoughtful text from Joey wherein he explained his need to get his life in order. With a divorce and finding a new apartment, he had a lot to manage. I didn't even flinch reading any of it. In the past, I would have been disappointed. I would have had to delete all my fresh mental models of what could have been. This was where he was at. He was open, honest, and clear about his needs. I have found that this is all we can ever do for ourselves and the people that we love. Tell them what our needs are, give clear boundaries, and advocate for ourselves. I respected his point of view, and because I had the fresh perspective that I didn't need or want anything from him, it was easy to, understand, to acknowledge his needs without taking it personally, because it wasn't. I texted him back saying I understood that was that I think a week went by and I was randomly scrolling my Instagram explore page. When I saw a photo of a surfer with a new surfboard, it was posted by a local surfboard shaper and the guy standing next to the shiny blue surfboard looked familiar. I tapped to the post and stared for an extra second and then pulled up a text thread from a week prior. I sent to Joey, Hey, is this you back to Whitney? Yes. After that, we never stopped talking. We never stopped hanging out. We eventually moved in together in 2020. We got engaged in 2021 and we just got married (laughs) November 4th, 2022. Oh my God. Why am I crying? (laughs) Our vows actually sprang from a We Met at Acme podcast Joey and I shared early on when we weren't talking and getting to know each other. It was not surprisingly episode 38, Why You Shouldn't Marry for Love featuring Rabbi Manus Friedman. Because his teachings were so persistent in our first few hangouts, we referred to him as the rabbi and still do to this day. I think Joey and I came together in a really amazing way. He was part of the class of men who had just become single, coming out of a long relationship, a marriage that didn't work. I joked to Joey that I got him just before he hit the market, and he still doesn't understand why I was single when we met. Regardless, we're happy to have met each other. We both have amazing therapists that are both committed to showing up for each other as much as we show up for ourselves. And I think that's the key. It's the through line that Kristen Newman, we met at Acme, the rabbi and many others in your space share. When you show up for yourself, do the work on your trauma and best in your life and what makes you happy. When you stop expecting specific re- reactions from people, but allow them to show up honestly, you'll see if they share values that you do. It all allows us to find the people who can be true partners. Joey was and is my perfect partner in that we're not perfect humans. And we went through our own journey to inevitably have had the ability to see the other. Neither of us regret the road we've taken, even in parts that were really painful and arduous. It forced us to both reconsider what success meant for us, what a loving relationship looked like, and challenge us to reframe how we define success in life and love without caving to societal expectations. That's the magic inherent in life if we're open to it. And while I did have a moment at year 32 where I woefully wondered if I'd ever find someone, I eventually did. I don't know if it was kismet, frequency bias, or a form of divine gift-giving after putting in the work, but I think the notion that an age represents success or failure in love is grievously simplistic. It doesn't do justice to the richness and beauty inherent in the complex, complexity in our lives, the comples- complexity that allows us to con- constantly grow into a life that works for us. That was un. Believable. I love that. There's also a note after the frequency bias on the bottom that says, It turns out Joey and I had commuted into the city on the same Muni. I guess that's the subway in SF. I should know that on a near daily basis prior to meeting. So it's very possible we had seen each other numerous times in the throngs of morning commuters, but never really seen the other. That's fucking beautiful. I love you, Whitney. I love that story. Thank you for writing that. You're an amazing writer. Okay, on to the next. Hey, Lindsay. First of all, thanks for the podcast. And thank you for listing me as one of the therapists in your directory. I've gotten a few new patients that way, and I'm happy to be helping them manage anxiety, increase self esteem, create healthy habits, and succeed in relationships. Love that. I wanted to share my story of meeting my current partner and soon to be fiance at the age of 32. I had been in a relationship for four years prior to that. And for years, I had the itchy, itching feeling that he wasn't the one. Truthfully, he was avoidant, emotionally unavailable, and immature, but I felt so much pressure in my late 20s to settle down. The sunk cost fallacy made me believe I had invested too much to walk away. Well, when he did nothing to acknowledge our four-year anniversary, I finally got the courage to call it quits. That was January of 2018, and in that year, I finished my doctoral degree and opened a business. Midway through 2019, I was open to dating again. I started dating online, as well as going to bars and restaurants alone in hopes of meeting people. I watched soccer, so I went to places playing the games on TV, and that was a great way to meet people in the wild. I had some quick flings and both good and bad dates, but nothing quite stuck. In February of 2020, I met a guy on Match.com who immediately impressed me by mentioning specific details from my profile. He said, Sushi on Me, if you can recommend a good true crime crime podcast. He was timely with his communication, asked me out. We hit it off at dinner and despite me breaking the rule of sex on the first date, hands over face, he asked me out immediately on another date. Now this part is important. I wasn't head over heels for him at first. My attachment system was programmed to seek avoided men and this man was definitely secure, but I stuck to it. I worked on my inner, my own inner blocks and unhelpful narratives and expectations We kept dating and he showed me that he was the most emotionally available, chivalrous, respectful, loving man I'd ever known. We survived the quarantine together. He had to get very creative with date ideas. And now we live together and have designed my engagement ring together with my grandmother's diamond. Proposal coming soon. He was 1000% worth the wait. He makes me feel loved and important every day. When we get married late 2023, early 2024, I'll most likely be 35 and he'll be 42. And we plan to have kids. It's never too late, ladies. Don't let society make you feel broken for not being partnered. You are worthy and whole and incredible just as you are. I love that so much. So, so much. That is absolutely beautiful. I also have to say, like, the reason that it worked for this beautiful doctor is because when she did break that rule of, sleeping with him on the first date it's because she wasn't like oh my god this is my husband blah 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 she was just living you know what i mean and if you're just like i don't care what happens then do it and if you want to have sex have sex you know it's only if you're like i need this person to call me back again then you don't sleep with them on the first date okay on to the next story Hi, I I don't know if I should be sharing these people's names, so I'm not going to just to be safe, but I wanted to share a bit about my dating story. I was in a nine-year relationship with a guy I met in New York City at age 25. We lived together, got pets, and moved to Amsterdam together. We weathered storms and felt stronger than ever until it just wasn't working anymore, and I made the hard decision to start fresh at age 34. I was excited to date again, but also apprehensive because I want a family and it's hard not to feel the pressure to find the one. It's around this time I found your page. Your rules really helped me navigate the dating scene. I'm an avid journaler and I went on exactly 98 dates with 46 people, 19 different nationalities over eight months. I learned so much and often think about writing an article about it. I met my forever person mid-March and we're moving in together in December talking about marriage and kids and it's the healthiest, best aligned relationship I ever had. And I'm so glad I did what I did. I love that. Okay. This one I love because she met her person on her 30th birthday, which is amazing. She said, hi, here's my story of meeting my person at 30, literally on my 30th birthday. We matched on Bumble after I'd gotten kicked off another dating app because a guy who took me on two dates who I was no longer interested in, Zell requested me my portion of drinks and food that he had paid for, but now had wanted me to pay him back since we didn't work out. I told myself I was done with dating apps. I had been on them since Tinder first came out back in 2012. But lo and behold, a few weeks later, I downloaded Bumble again and had gotten a few matches. One of the matches was going well. And we soon exchanged numbers after a few chats. The rodeo was going on. We live in Houston. So he kept pushing back when we'd officially be able to meet. We had set up a date for March 14th for him to take me out to dinner for my 30th birthday, which is on March 15th. But he canceled. I gave him the benefit of the doubt since, this, since it was rodeo season and we never set a time up. Wow. Too sweet of you, you Pisces queen. The next day, on my birthday day, I met up with a few girlfriends for dinner and drinks to celebrate my 30th. After dinner, I wasn't ready to come home, so I decided to go get a drink at a bar close to my place. I texted him a selfie, and he asked why I was out on my birthday by myself, and I told him because I wasn't ready to go home yet. He texted back saying, I'll be there in 20, and 30 minutes later, he was there. Aw, that's really cute. I finished my drink and we headed back to my place and legit spent two to three hours just chatting and getting to know each other. We have chatted every day since um, and nine months later, we are happily in love and know that we were, will, we will be spending the rest of our lives together. That is so freaking cute. I also think like before you, if you're matched on a dating app before you meet in person, you can kind of like, it's kind of like an anything goes game in that like, No one's going to care about you until they actually meet you and fall for you and who you are. So, like, if you want to, you know, send a bunch of texts or whatever you do, I'm not saying to do that, but I'm just saying nothing really counts until you've actually met in person. That's when the rules begin. So, I do think it's cute that, you know, she forgave him for rescheduling. I can't tell you how many people on dating apps I rescheduled with who I actually did want to go out with, but like, they didn't mean anything to me until they did. So, that's a good thing to note. Okay. Hi, Lindsay. First of all, my friends love you and your content. Oh, that's really sweet. My college relationship was pretty toxic and we were on and off for many years. Deep down, I had a gut feeling he wasn't the one, but I was scared and felt attached given the history and have since realized lots, with lots of therapy how unhealthy that was. The thing is, when you know something is wrong, no matter how long you try to suppress it or convince yourself it's not, the truth comes out eventually and you're faced with it. My ex was always subtly selfish and manipulative, but in the last couple months we dated, he was outright disrespectful, emotionally abusive, and horrible to me. Today, these are some of the wildest stories I tell close friends. I could not take it anymore, and I confronted him saying I deserved better, and this was not working, to which he agreed, and we broke up a day before I was moving to a new apartment. Sobbing when I met with my movers, I have never felt so alone and destroyed in my life. Not to be dramatic, but I thought I was going to die from heartbreak. But then something amazing happened and is the reason why I fully believe in Saturn Return. As I grieved the breakup, filled my time with girlfriends, work, new hobbies, and self-love, living alone for the first time ever, I began to heal and feel whole. I loved my life so much and transformed into a new person with a new set of standards for every aspect of my life. I started dating for the fun experience of meeting new people. And when my ex would reach out, I cringed because I was so repulsed by him. I couldn't believe I was ever serious with such a fuckboy. I didn't recognize that version of myself, honestly. I ended up blocking him on every platform and cannot recommend this more to people going through breakups. When COVID lockdown hit, I was about to delete the dating apps, but I decided to have a FaceTime first date with this guy. A strong gut feeling yet again is all I can chalk it up to. Fast forward to lots of video dates and then meeting up in person. I fell in love with this man on a level I've never experienced. When you've described the feeling of familiarity and safety, yet excitement and attraction, as well as sharing values as all the telltale signs. When you said you knew Steven was the one, I've thought this is exactly how I would describe what I felt. Now we are engaged and getting married next year, and I'm the happiest I've ever been with my forever person. I hope you get to see this and know what a positive impact your podcast has had on me going through all of this in almost parallel with your love story. Oh, that's absolutely gorgeous. And there's a little cute photo of them in her email that I can see, and they're adorable. I love this so much. Okay, another one. I matched with my incredible boyfriend, Chris, last December on Hinge, but due to us both being out of town, we didn't actually go on our first date until February. And the first date we were supposed to go on, he canceled. He's 30. I'm 29. Luckily, we rescheduled and have been together ever since. I know you warn of love bombing and not moving too fast, but we unofficially moved in together about a month after becoming official and officially moved in together five months later. I still had a lease. We recently looked at rings and he spent Thanksgiving with my family I'm spending Christmas with his and then back to mine for New New Year's Eve. Our families live in different states. One of our daily traditions is going through the poll questions at night. In our months of living together, we've only missed poll questions a few times. And on the rare occasion I fall asleep first, he screenshots them for us to go over the next day. Oh my God, that's so cute. I know it sounds so corny, cheesy, but he truly is my best friend, the love of my life and was so worth the wait. I've never questioned our relationship and he treats me so incredibly well. Several of my friends are single and I want them to know the good guys are out there and it is possible to find a movie worthy romance. Another note we played. We're not really strangers and did the New York times 36 questions that lead to love on our fourth date. And it was amazing. Highly recommend. I love that. I also did the 36 questions that lead to love on my second date with Steven. And I also highly recommend. Okay. This is the last one that I'm reading. Hi, we met at Acme. My name is Alicia and I met my boyfriend, John, when I was 30 and he was 32. Ironically, we knew each other from undergrad. We were in similar social circles, but never actually hung out or said a word to one another. Fast forward 10 years later, we have been dating for over a year now, living together and discussing engagement. We both have had other serious relationships throughout our 20s, but we both agree the timing of meeting each other at this age has made the relationship that much better. We've both done our growing up and know what we want out of marriage. I tell anyone who's younger and upset that they haven't found their person. I tell them that it's always worth the wait. I love that. That's a perfect way of ending the stories that I will be reading. We also have an incredible story from my friend, Sarah, who lives in Sweden, about her beautiful, beautiful love story with her now partner and baby daddy. Most of my
1: 20s, I'd spent probably way too much time in bars and restaurants in New York, just trying to find what I thought was love. But of course, nothing was fulfilling and nothing led anywhere. So in 2013, I moved to Stockholm and I met someone and he put me on a pedestal, and I thought that I would found love. He was perfect, and time went on, and things weren't as perfect as it was in the beginning. And I realized that I wasn't focused on myself, and I became a caregiver, and I'd spent four years of my life close to five years taking care of someone who then tragically passed away and everything was ripped out from beneath me. I'd spent probably most of my adult years in this relationship or my 20s in this relationship and I really felt that I'd lost a sense of myself. I didn't even know who I was anymore. So I spent... Time searching for myself, and I decided that I was going to I was going to go to Bali to have my Eat, Pray, Love moment. And I moved to Bali for six months, and I fell in love with the culture, the people, the belief system, and I truly went crazy. (laughs) Um, But during that time as well, I had a dream and I wanted so desperately to settle down and to meet someone. And I had even spoken to a psychic and she said that love was in my future. So that gave me hope. And I continued to search and really started reevaluating what I wanted for my life. And right before COVID hit, I was on Tinder. I was playing the endless Russian roulette of dating and of Tinder. And out of nowhere, this man popped into my life, or more like, Slid into my DMs, <laughs> and he messaged me. Lo and behold, this man was down to earth. He was sweet, and all attention was on me. He put me on a pedestal. He, without me knowing, and maybe in those initial days I dra- daydreaming about what if, I had no idea where this was going to lead, but then COVID hit. And this propelled us forward a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be. At this time, you know, after getting back from Bali and COVID hit, I was already 31 years old. And I didn't expect this. He came out of nowhere. He was really everything I'd manifest. I made a list and he checked off everything. And there we were together. And, lockdown in Stockholm and we got to know each other. It was perfect. He made me a softer person. He made me not as hard, not as bruised from my previous experiences, from my traumas. He made me softer. And the softness was exactly what I needed and from and for him i was that push that he needed to become the best version of himself and he managed to push himself into a new career with my help and he has become highly successful to this day he continues just to thrive and impresses me every day also in 2022 we welcomed a son and our journey has been fast in 2 years we He's changed careers. I've rediscovered myself. We've had a child. But sometimes, just life, you propel yourself because it's just right. And it felt so right. My sister has always said to me, you know, when it's easy, it's right. It's those simple words, but it really does mean a lot. And he truly is, he truly is my everything. And I love him to the bottom of the sea. And who knows what will happen, but he is really my rock and I appreciate him every day.
0: I'm just so happy that we are doing this episode because it it is so necessary. It's such an amazing thing to be able to meet your partner later. And there's no such thing as being too old to meet your partner. And I think you know, in terms of like freezing your eggs and all of this stuff, like obviously if you can afford it and you're not scared to do it, totally do it. And if you can't, like that doesn't mean that you won't have a chance to still have, if what you want is marriage and kids, that happy ending with, you know, no matter when you meet that person. And I really, really hope that this episode made you a little bit happier and more positive and more hopeful because it definitely made me all of these things, even though, you know, I'm married. I think this is something that I, first of all, I never thought would happen when I was, when I was 29 and single, I just had no idea. And I was, I was prepared for the worst. But what I can say is that if you're listening to this and you are in a relationship that, you're not sure about get out of that relationship because these stories, if anything should inspire you to be with the person that sees you, that treats you so insanely well, that really lights you up, that you smile every time that you come home to them or they come home to you because you are just so sure that if you could make, you know, if you've made one right decision, it was your partner because that really is the most important decision you will ever make in life and Since this is a solo episode and I can't really end with a quote or piece of advice, well like I could, but i'm no one's asking me i'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you one. This is from Warren Buffett, who I think is a genius and also obviously wildly successful. And he said, you want to associate with people who are the kind of person you'd like to be. You'll move in that direction. And the most important person by far in that respect is your spouse. I can't overemphasize how important that is. Marry the right person. I'm serious about that. It will make more difference in your life. It will change your aspirations, all kinds of things. And that's the quote and to back that up research actually agrees that who you marry can significantly affect your level of success people with supportive spouses are more likely to give them chel- themselves the chance to succeed significant others can help you thrive through embracing life opportunities or they can hinder your ability to thrive by making it less likely that you'll pursue opportunities for growth choose wisely And, you know, I know that if you're a listener of this podcast, you know that I have, you know, been in relationships where I didn't feel that way. I hope that me being so, so confident in my current relationship, if that can prove anything to you, it is that it is worth the wait. If these stories can prove anything to you, it is worth the wait. I love you. And I'm so happy that you're listening to this episode, that you listen to it. And I hope that you share it with a friend who needs to hear it.